Hello there and welcome to the On the Horizon RC podcast. I'm your host and Horizon president, Chris Dickerson. With me as always, our marketing director, Steve Petrato. Steve, how are you doing today? Have you recovered from Axial Fest Badlands, my friend? I uh, mostly have, Chris. I, I think, um, first of all, I'm doing great. Uh, second of all, yeah, I think I mostly have. I The only thing I've noticed is uh, with the amount of dust that I was inhaling, I think my voice is uh, not quite recovered. But uh, <laughs> that and also, you know, you, you go from working from home and, and you know, we, t- we have a lot of phone calls for work and meetings and you, you don't realize that you talk that much. But when you're at an event and you're talking to people about everything under the sun, selling product or helping do, you know, repairs, you talk a lot more. And I think just in general, like normally this time of year, I got a really good suntan on, you know, I've been to five, 10 events, uh, you know, my voice is able to carry on and I've already commentated all of our Fest and uh, this year, you know, not so much. So my voice is still recovering, but as long as I keep some volume in it, it doesn't sound as groggy as it actually is. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's that's the beauty of an off-road park, but you do, I uh, felt like I took about three showers before I had all the dirt off of me. For, oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think I had to wash my uh, my staff shirts twice to get the orange color back to what it used to look like. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it, it was hot. It definitely was hot over there, but it was a great time. And we're going to talk a lot about Axial Fest Badlands today. So, uh, looking forward to that. I know you are also uh, working really hard on bringing Air Meat Live to us um, here in about three weeks or so. So I, I know you, you guys are really busy with that. That should be pretty exciting. Uh, wh- what exactly is Air Meat Live? Yeah, so Air Meat Live, uh, August 15th, by the way, mark your calendars. Uh, this will be a live, like world broadcasted, first time ever, really, I think, in the RC industry, uh, where we're going to have eight television grade cameras. These aren't just your average, you know, camcorder. These are eight television grade cameras, a director behind the scenes. We're going to have 50 pilots of our European, our best European pilots, the best acts you would have at AirMeet. Um, you know, AirMeet normally brings in 35,000 individual people to watch it. This year, we can't do that. So we're going to bring in the West, the rest of the world to be able to watch it live. Uh, so we'll be broadcasting on Facebook, Twitch, and YouTube. Um, you know, this will be an exciting thing. Uh, myself and Ali Machinchi will be uh, commentating. Most likely, we're still working out the final details. We may have a third commentator from the UK to come in just in case there's a delay. Uh, but overall, it's going to be a really cool event. And I'm, I'm really looking forward to it. I'm a little stressed out about it because it's a lot of new for us. Um, but we're working with some good partners. And, uh, you know, it's, it's really a great way for us to expose RC, even though it's mostly air, uh, expose RC to the masses, not just in the RC community, but everybody online. So really excited about it. Yeah, that is super exciting. I know, you know, you and I have been at Air Terramy together and it's such an awesome experience. I know the only thing I always think at Airme is this is so cool. How do we get this out to the rest of the world? How can we get people who can't come to uh, Southern Germany? Uh, <laughs> it, it, you know, how do we give them a taste of this experience? And I think you guys may have answered the question here. I certainly appreciate, you know, we, like you said, this is going to be top notch and uh, having it broadcast on the, on the outlets that you mentioned there with Twitch and YouTube um, in particular is really exciting. So I'm looking forward to that. You said August 15th, was that the date yep. you said? 
Yeah, okay. it'll be August 15th in, in the U.S. It will basically get started really early, so it'll be like 6 a.m. Central. Uh, so for these for you West Coast guys, it might be an early morning, but we're going to be going all day. I think it's a 10-hour broadcast, so um, I'll definitely have a, a few bottles of water to drink to commentate, but uh, it should be a lot of fun. And we're going to go from noon Germany time basically to their evening so we can actually have a night show as well. So as folks are getting up throughout the day, you're going to be able to experience just some of the most incredible RC air acts, and we're even bringing in some full-size acts too for you guys. So you'll see a real pits. Uh, biplane and I believe one other aircraft. Uh, so just a just a super cool thing. Sit back, enjoy it, uh, make a sandwich, have a beer, <laughs> enjoy the show on, on August fifteenth for sure. And and am I right, Steve? This is a free event, right? Yeah, hundred percent free uh, to watch. You just log on. You'll be able to catch us on. Like I said, our Facebook will be on the Horizon Hobby, both the Europe page and the U.S. page, as well as the Horizon Hobby YouTube uh, page, as well as the Horizon Hobby Europe YouTube page. And then we did make a Twitch channel specifically for the event, so we do have a Horizon Hobby channel on Twitch. Uh, this week, I believe today and tomorrow, we've started to push out announcements. You're going to start seeing some YouTube announcements. Uh, you're going to see all the other stuff it's on it's live it should be live hopefully the web team got it all buttoned up but it should be live on horizonhobby.com you'll be able to scroll down to the get connected uh, area and you should see it on the homepage by the time you listen to this podcast so definitely uh, check it out guys it's going to be a lot of fun sounds good i'm excited yeah. And uh, one more thing to note, just as far as uh, news throughout Horizon. So we're buttoning up our, our third uh, issue of Transmitter Magazine. Uh, so if you haven't yet signed up for the RC, uh, the Horizon Hobby RC Club on horizonhobby.com, make sure to do that. If you just sign up, it's free to sign up. Uh, obviously, it's like a loyalty program. So the more you spend, the higher you get within the program. Uh, but everybody that's in the program gets a digital copy of Transmitter, and everybody that has, you know, in the legendary and pro status actually gets a physically mailed copy. It's twenty bucks to get pro, so it's twenty bucks for the year. You're going to get a lot of other benefits, but you get Transmitter. Myself and the rest of the team here on the marketing side have worked really hard on this Transmitter magazine. It's a expose of everything community in the in the hobby so we talk through uh, with individuals we bring in some really cool stories out there we have some uh, third-party writers that write for it uh, it's been an exciting endeavor for for horizon but certainly for me uh, so if you haven't signed up for the rc club it's a perk of the rc club uh, like i said it's free to do and you'll definitely get some really cool content there so we'll be shipping that uh, shortly but we're just kind of going through and getting the last remaining bits of content uh, i'm so excited about the q3 of transmitter very good. And uh, Steve, I'm going to steal your line this week. Yeah, one of our On the Horizon podcast, we didn't talk about new products because that's one of the things we pride ourselves uh, about bringing to everybody out here in the RC world. And I've got one I got to talk about. Um, we yeah. just announced it's the um, Outcast 8S from Armin. This is the one fifth scale vehicle. And, you know, Steve, the Outcast, the 6S Outcast, I believe is really the vehicle that put Arma on the map. I mean, this is this big, bad truck that can do a standing backflip, can send it. I think this is the original send it vehicle. Um, <laughs> now made it bigger, badder, tougher, um, and it's pretty exciting. You know, and it comes uh, with the new Firma 160 ESC. This thing is a giant stunt truck. It's got um, the Firma 1250 KV brushless motor, comes with the S905 Metal Gear Servo, comes with the new DX3 radio, which is part of the smart ecosystem as well, which is awesome. And uh, I don't know if you've seen this yet, Steve, but this vehicle, this truck is candy apple red. <laughs> and in person, I've never seen an RC car 
with this color, this depth of color. I mean, when we say candy apple red, I mean, think like Hot Rod from the 50s or 60s, candy apple red. I mean, the Arma team nailed it with this one. You know, the response to the original, the, the 8S Creighton was awesome. Uh, all those guys now need to go out and buy an Outcast to go with it. And if you haven't yeah. bought Creighton yet, uh, go buy one. But when you're there, pick up an Outcast too. These things uh, are going to be shipping here fairly soon. And it's pretty awesome. And the Spectrum team, you know, on board for this one um, also wanted to make sure that the, the customers have exactly what they need from a battery and charger perspective. You know, Steve, we had a power stage bundle um, with two 4S packs in it, but they were 50C batteries. And, you know, for the Arma customer in particular, that just wasn't enough. So we've upgraded those batteries. They're now um, 5,000 milliamp 100C packs. Um and, you know, these are going to give you all the punch you need for that outcast to make it make it uh, so you can send it. Yeah. Yeah. The power stage power stage bundles uh, are really nice because you can walk into the store. It's a one box purchase. You're going to get your S2100 charger, your two 4S5000 packs and the adapters to make it work. And you're off to the races. Uh, so, yeah, the truck comes ready to run, but everyone knows you got to get the batteries, too. So if you need a new charger and new batteries, now's the time. The power stage bundles are where it's at. They're really nice. Um, well, we're moving into, uh, the air side of the business. We did announce a e-flight. Um, it's a, it's a reversion, uh, but it's a lot different than it was in the past. So, um, the new e-flight Concendo, uh, this one is going to be coming with our all new high density EPO foam. And while that sounds not as exciting as it could be, what it means is we can now fly airplanes with a, they have a much nicer finish because the foam, the cells of the foam are much tighter. The, uh, the airframe is stiffer. We can fly it faster. And uh, everyone knows with foam, you know, if you scratch it on the, and you're pulling it out of your car, it leaves a little dent in the foam. This stuff is much more resistant to hanger rash. Uh, so a really cool innovation from the guys over at eFlight. Um, it is coming in bind and fly and plug and play. Of course, with bind and fly, you're going to get your telemetry capable receiver, which is going to give you all the information from the aircraft, such as battery voltage, current, um, all that, all that really cool RPM data that you would love to see. This thing is fast. There's a video that Jason Merkel put out there. If you guys are interested, uh, this thing is the best way to put it for you air guys. It's, it's a warm liner, uh, but it's also a good glider. So check it out. Uh, 15 to 20 minute flight times. If you want, uh, flying it nice and relaxed or crazy high flight speeds, you know, I think up to almost up to hundred miles an hour. Uh, and of course, like everything else from eFlight, it is safe equipped and it has our AS3X system as standard on there. So really cool announcement. Uh, kind of one of those sleeper airplanes that you don't expect to go that fast for sure. Sounds very exciting. So yeah, again, uh, both the Air and the Surface team bringing it this week, being supported by Spectrum, really good stuff. So uh, check out hh.com, contact your local retailer to find out more to get, an, get these items on order. You know, Steve, we talked about, we touched on Badlands uh, at the intro here. Um, our guest this week knows all about Axial Fest, both uh, the one out west and the new one here at, at Badlands. I say we uh, bring him in and, and start talking about Axial Fest Badlands and what a cool event it was, as well as our other signature events, too. Yeah, definitely. Let's get right to it, Chris. All right, let's do it. All right, we're really excited to have our guest here today. If you've been to a Horizon event over the past several years, You've witnessed our guest today's work. He's somebody who is typically behind the scenes. He's supporting all the events at Horizon, creating the event and supporting it while it's going on and oftentimes cleaning up when it's done. He's been with the company for over 14 years 
and he's a driving force behind signature events like RC Fest and recently expanding Axial Fest to the Badlands. He's known around the office as being the guy who can always help with anything. He's one of the hardest people, I work, working people I know. And uh, he's also good if you need to get something off the top shelf because this guy <laughs> is big. Today, we welcome to the show our marketing manager, Mr. Andy Ziegler. Hey, Andy, how you doing? Pretty good. How you guys doing? We're doing great. Are you holding up uh, after our first ever Axial Fest Badlands? Have you recovered a little bit? Uh, yeah, it's been a few days and we're... Still unpacking some stuff, unloading trailers, but uh, that that first that first night, that drive back from there, even though it's only like an hour, it just kind of seemed like, oh boy, this is a long drive. It seems like I've been driving for sixteen hours, and finally get finally get home, and everybody's happy to see me and everything. It's like I just want to go to bed, but you have to spend a little time with the family, and then as soon as my head hit the pillow, boom! Next thing I know, it's seven o'clock the next morning. <laughs> All right, well, Andy, we're gonna talk a lot about Axial Fest today, both uh, the Badlands, we want to hear all about it for the people who made it and everybody who didn't get to. Um, but before we do that, like I said, you are a behind the scenes kind of guy, typically. Um, we are excited to get you out in front of the curtain today. So maybe for those who have seen your work, but maybe don't know you as a person, uh, tell us about how you got started at Horizon and how you ultimately got into your current role as Senior Field Marketing Manager. Well, it was about uh, 15 years ago, I had an interview for a position at Horizon. It was a marketing assistant position, and um, I went and interviewed for it. It wasn't quite the fit, I guess, that they were looking for. And then I got a call back probably three or four months later saying, hey, we're creating a new role that we think you'd be good for. And it was an associate uh, brand manager and uh, brought me in, and things fit well. I basically worked with every single brand at the time. So I got exposure to air and surface and planes and radios, all kinds of stuff. And I had been into surface RC uh, at a younger age. I think it was like 1990, 91. My very first real RC vehicle was a, a Losi Junior T. And then, you know, things happen. You kind of go through school, high school comes around, sports, you know, girls, all that stuff kind of take over. You go off to college and, and you kind of lose it all. And it was just, Happened that, you know, I, I uh, applied for a position and, and got in there. And next thing I know, I'm, I'm working for uh, for a brand, a company that, that kind of got me in into RC. And with all the different brands that I had been working with, um, Surface was always kind of my, my thing, my passion. I had the most experience with, but got a well-rounded experience with all, all the rest of it. And that's when I kind of moved into uh, more of the Surface side of brand management and became the brand manager of Losi and Team Losi Racing. And at one point, basically all the service brands um, that Horizon had. And all along the way, I'm always going to different uh, shows and events on the service side to help out. And back in the day when uh, iHobby was a thing, I uh, got my way onto the build crew. And I later found out a couple years later is because of my height it was the original, <laughs> it was the original reason that uh Kathy had pulled me into the fold on, on the build crew because she knew I could, you know, hang graphics that were higher and stuff than without needing a ladder. But then, you know, soon discovered that I kind of had a, a forte when it came to shows and events and how things kind of needed to be done behind the scenes and to make everything 
go together. So, you know, a few years progressed, um, still in brand management, social media started getting bigger and we needed more people and, uh, that slot. So I kind of moved over into that position. I was doing social media for horizon. And then, uh, it came about that, um, trade shows and events needed a new leader, needed a new person to head that up. And it was just kind of a natural progression into, uh, that position with everything I've been doing with, with, uh, shows and events under, under Kathy and everything else. And had the whole road trip thing under me as well for a few years and just a natural fit that I, I roll into that position. And, um, like you said, it's always been kind of behind the scenes and making sure everything's going here and there. And then as of recently, kind of getting out in front of things with, uh, emceeing Axial Fest and helping out with, uh, on the mic with RC Fest from time to time and announcing races and stuff like that. So, but still, I would say 95% of what I do is is behind the scenes and nobody really ever knows or sees unless they just happen to peek behind the curtain and see what's actually going on. Yeah, and yeah, I know uh, we've worked together for quite some time now and yeah, as brand managers together and and even now with all these different events, I mean, there's a, there's a lot, and we'll get into this, there's a lot that goes on behind the scenes when it comes to even just doing an event or attending an event that somebody else is putting on, but more so for you know, the events that we put on. And uh, I don't think people realize when they get to an event and it's a good experience, that good experience took months of planning. Um, so we'll definitely jump into that here shortly. But um, yeah, exciting stuff. And I know you've kind of grown into the position that you are in now. And uh, yeah, back then we, we uh, everyone was like, man, Andy's pretty good at this trade show stuff. We should let him do this instead of some other stuff. And it worked out well. I'm glad we did made that decision or at the people at the time made that decision. Uh, so Good stuff. Well, tell us a little bit more about um, what you're interested in kind of outside of work. What What do you do for fun, hobbies, or otherwise? Um, I got quite a few hobbies that when, when I get a, a chance to do it, when I'm not, you know, going to kids sports and, and stuff like that. It's been been a little different with the uh, way things are going on in the world, but I uh, coach youth football. Um, supposed to be starting that here in a week or so, but things aren't looking that great here in uh, central Illinois for fall sports. So I'm not sure what I've been doing that. This would be my eighth season. Um, if it happens, it'll be my last, my last kid of that age group will be in there. So we'll see if that happens or not, but uh, always coaching different sports here and there, helping out with sports teams that my kids are on and uh, love to travel. Can't do that right now either. Uh, so been uh, dabbling with a little <laughs> bit more RC with the kids in the backyard. They're kind of picking it back up again. And, um, just trying to get stuff done around the house. A lot of, a lot of honeydew list projects getting done and, and whatnot, but that's, uh, that's kind of me in a nutshell. No, no major, huge other hobbies outside of, of RC and you know, traveling and sports really. Well, that's great. So awesome. Andy, I just, again, getting to, to know you uh, over, over the years as well. Um, you know, there's a ton of work that goes into prepping for these events and, and all this. I mean, it's not like when you put on an Axial Fest Badlands, you know, you guys show up on, if it starts on Thursday, you don't roll in Wednesday afternoon and hang a couple banners up. Can, can you give us a little bit of a, you know, from a day-to-day standpoint, you know, what's a, what's a day in the life of, of Andy Ziegler look like and what you do for Horizon? I guess it depends on what day you, you would ask me. Oh. <laughs> And, Besides uh, I mean, what else do you do for us, Andy? <laughs> um, like you said, we don't just show up a couple days before an event. It's it's months and months and months and months of planning. And I think the first time that we took a trip 
over to the Badlands to start doing some investigating to see if it worked out was probably last September. Um, and so that's been how many ever months ago. And from that point forward, it's just trying to figure out all the ins and outs and what's needed here and there and you know, all down to the nitty gritty details of how many extra porta potties do we need? How often do they need to be serviced to what signage we need here and there? Um, things that might not seem like a big deal, but if they weren't there, they would make a big impact. But since they're there, they're just things that just kind of help with the flow of everything. And there's so, so many moving parts to it. Um, all the ins and outs and, and just trying to coordinate everything to come together. You know, it's a, a three day event, but there's so many different pieces that need to all line up and come together and be perfectly aligned for those three days to happen. And then, you know, right, like right prior to, let's say Axofest Badlands, um, I think it was Saturday, Saturday before um, we had guys starting to show up and working on building trails and doing layouts and, I was going over there stocking the fridges where uh, we were staying and everything to make sure everybody had everything they needed. And, you know, this year with needing some extra hand sanitizer and stuff like that, just making sure that everything is there. So it runs as smoothly as possible once everybody shows up. Um, it makes it as easy as possible to do the most efficient job possible to provide an experience to the consumers that they'll be talking about for years. Yeah, and you definitely do a great job at that. I know your your job can span from anywhere from uh, hype announcer to you know trash man, and uh, it, you know it just kind of shows the ability for you to to flex in your role. And that being someone in, in field marketing, you know, when you're at an event, it's all hands on deck. It's it's not this is my job and I'm sticking to it. It's what do we need to do to make sure people that are here have a good time. Uh, and you do a great job with that. But I know, you know, we do, gosh, Andy, was it over 70 events in a normal year, over 70 events a year. Now, not obviously that's including the few signature events that take a lot more of your time, but supporting, you know, all these events, whether it's, you know, Allie going to a, to a, you know, race plane event or, um, you know, the surface team going to an ARMA kind of bashing event or any, any, anything in between the heli guys going to Urcha, you're still a part of all of that. I mean, how do you manage so many moving parts throughout a normal year is it just a lot of excel spreadsheets or a lot of reminders and sticky notes or how do you how do you that's handle a, that's a great question it is a lot of excel spreadsheets trying to you know keep keep budgets where they need to be making sure certain vehicles and trailers are checked out to certain people make sure we're not double booking things um you know, with that many events there are times that those events are overlapped i think last year we had axial fest and um, Oshkosh and something else, all the same like week. And so it was like backing everything up and planning accordingly to make sure that everybody had everything they needed since it all couldn't be done right at the exact same time. And so things would be shipped out like a month in advance for something so we could concentrate on, on the next thing. But a lot of spreadsheets, a whole lot of spreadsheets. And uh, I always have a calendar every year that I print out that I put all the events on and kind of see where they stack up against each other. It's just a visual reference. I, even here at home in the basement, that sheet is right here, right next to my <laughs> monitor. So I know exactly when every single event is. And I can kind of back up to see where, okay, what needs to go when and how and how it stacks up with other other events and how we need to kind of divide and conquer to, to make them work. 
yeah, it's it's a lot, and there's a lot of people involved. I know that, but definitely uh, <laughs> the hours and hours of everything going into it is pretty pretty impressive. And people just think, oh, we show up to an event, we got our flags and banners and product. Well, somebody had to go pack that. Somebody had to you know tell your you and your team to load up the right product and have the right pricing and part you know sheets on hand. There's so many pieces that show up at an event that we as the marketing team we kind of take for granted but it shows up in the trailer and we're all pulling it out and happy to happy to use it so it's pretty cool to see it all come together but yeah there's <laughs> so many moving parts now this is definitely a different year you probably had while you've been busy with signature events you've probably had a little bit of a, a break or a reprieve from all the other little events uh, has that really kind of changed your day-to-day workload or are you just kind of been full full bore on the other stuff going on or just planning for the future? Um, it's been a little bit of both with so many um, events postponing or moving out or kind of waiting and seeing or canceling. It's been, you know, just as hard as it is to plan things out and book things and whatnot. It's almost just as difficult to unbook or to push or put things on hold, you know, if, if these events are going to happen. So there's been a lot of cancellations and moving things around and, you know, making sure things are ready to go for next year. And so it's been, been go, go, go. Um, and then, you know, with Action Fest Badlands, it, uh, we, we pushed it out a month, but still with everything going on, it was kind of hard to, to be able to get to some of the stuff we needed to and uh, get things done on time. But we, uh, we managed to pull it out and everything worked out for the best. For sure. Well, um, I guess the next question I think we had was, uh, you know, we, we just finished. Oh, here you go. I think there you go, Chris. You take that one. That's the yeah. So sorry, 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 Andy. Um, uh, yeah. So you just mentioned Axial Fest Badlands, and it was our first time ever doing that event. Can you maybe you mentioned a second ago that the first time you went over there to scout the location was in September, but I think last year at Axial Fest out in California at Donner Ski Ranch. We heard a lot from people, and I think since Axial joined Horizon, we've heard from people, Axial Fest is awesome, but I can't make it to California. Bring it back east. And uh, if you live on the West Coast, anything east of the Rockies is the east. So <laughs> you know, we, we took that challenge up. I remember talking to you out at Donner Ski Ranch last year and saying, how can we do this back east? Um, so we started talking about it a year ago. September, you go to Donner, or you go over to uh, the Badlands over in Attica, Indiana, how using that kind of as an example, give us a little insight on what it takes to put on one of these signature events, um, because these really are meant to be kind of our showcase horizon events where we want all of our passionate customers to come out and join us. What happens? So we talked about last summer, the idea, September, you go scout the, the uh, venue for the very first time. And then last week, uh, here in the middle of July, we put on the event. What else did you have to do? What are the major milestones for you between last September and the middle of July? Well, one of the first things we we do is, is sit down and, and figure out, okay, if we're going to bring Axial Fest to the Midwest, what what is it going to look like? What does it need to feel like? We know that it can't have the same feel as the original Axial Fest as we're not in the mountains and, and whatnot. So are we able to provide one, the terrain for individuals to crawl on, the space um, for people to camp and everything, and just will the venue provide the experience that, that we're looking for? And so during during the site visit, you're kind of checking things out and how things are. 
And then basically when we got back from that was pull up a satellite view and start laying things out on there. Um, how things would fit together, how the flow of things would go, um, then kind of determining, okay, if we're going to do it this way, what kind of signage do we need to direct people in this certain way? And then, then it comes to, okay, what things do we need to bring in? What things do they already have there available? What other resources are we going to need? And start putting together a budget on um, how all this is going to, um, what it's going to cost, you know, and then start working on sponsorship packages and reaching out to sponsors. And, you know, it's everything from porta potties to signage to trail markers to what color wristbands are different individuals who buy different tickets. What color are those going to be? Um, what color the pit pass is going to be? Oh, driver bag t-shirts. What color? What type of shirt? What What's the printing going to look like? What's the design going to look like? What else are we going to put in the driver's bag? Um, is it going to be something that's Badland specific? Is it going to be something we could use at Badlands or Donner? Um, and so there's just a lot of different parts and pieces. And then once that kind of starts coming together, it's working with the Badlands themselves. Say, hey, here's some of the stuff that we would like to do. Is it feasible? Does it fit within the rules and, and what you want or what you would allow to happen there? Like, can we cut up dead trees to make different obstacles or can we screw stuff into trees or dead trees or are we allowed to move things around a little bit here and there um, and kind of working with their guidelines, their rules to make sure that it all fits. And Axial Fest is known for being able to go out and crawl all times of the night. And so what do we need to do in order to keep people safe with the park rules and be able to stay within the boundaries so they're not wandering off into the, the one-to-one area? which shuts down earlier than most of our stuff did anyway. So that worked out pretty good. Um, and then it's just kind of putting dates to things when things are due, how we want to get ahead on some things. And this year was completely different. I mean, it's, you've got this nice, well-oiled machine that's flowing so good. And then somebody dumps a bag of sand in it and then a bag of salt and then somebody dumps glue in it. And, <laughs> and it's just like, uh, and so it's at that point, we're like, okay, what's going to happen when and how? So it's a rebalance of everything. And are the events still going to happen? Is one going to happen or not? What do we need to do? And so thankfully for all the spreadsheets and everything, we got working ahead on some stuff. We had quite a bit of stuff done. Had to redo some stuff, rethink some stuff, redesign, relay out some of the areas um, based on what we needed to do. And, uh, yeah, that's what happened this year is not typical, uh, but it uh, it worked out well, and it just kind of shows how flexible we can be and how we can kind of change and adapt and move um, on our toes when, when we need to. Really, I'm sure I'm I'm, I'm leaving yeah, out well, probably many no, many, yeah, many things because it's more than just that. But <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah I mean, well, you know, maybe a little bit, you know, and. We, Certainly, the challenges we probably could just talk the rest of the day about. You know, I mean, it, it's hard it hard to get there. We had to wait for the state of Indiana to say it was okay. We had to wait for the state of Illinois to say it was okay. We had to follow all the guidelines. I mean, we could probably go on and on about how much more challenging it was this year. But I do just want to take a second and just say thank you for overcoming. Um, I feel like it's not easy right now. It's not easy to travel. It's not easy to ensure people's safety. But I think we did a really good job. The good news is. We were outside. People were able, you could have plenty of elbow room. I mean, you could go places where you couldn't even see other people. 
Um, and so that was great, but I mean, taking the, you know, the precautions we did, um, I, I think we, you know, we did everything we could to follow the guidelines and, and to, to be safe. So thank you for that. I mean, maybe you could transition a little bit here and, and tell the audience what they missed this year and what things we plan on making it better for next year. And obviously the big one there is Axial Fest. I, it's just Axial Fest still because it's the original, but Donner, um, you had amazing plans for Donner um, and it was going to be bigger than better, bigger and better than last year. Um, what what did we miss out on this year and how are we going to make up for it next year? Well, for those that weren't able to make it to the Badlands, um, I can tell you based off feedback that we got, uh, people coming up to us after the event, during the event, that the terrain there is super, super scale. Um, for a 10 scale vehicle to be climbing on the rocks out in Donner, yeah, it works good. There's a lot of great stuff out there and the view is absolutely beautiful. But when it comes to terrain that is scale or 10 scale crawlers um, and and so many different, very types of terrains, Badlands is uh, is where it at. For, from mud to sand to rock to sandstone to everything in between. So many varied surfaces and, and types that you can't find everywhere you go. Uh, a lot of times if they if they want mud, some places they have to make it. Well, there was already mud there. You didn't even have to make it. Uh, so that works out pretty good for, for some of that. Um, there were so many new, I guess you can call them newbies, to the event that never been before. And they'd never experienced Axial Fest. And it's one of those things that if you've never gone before, you don't really understand what it is. Yeah, it sounds like a bunch of people hanging out in the woods, crawling and whatnot, but it, there's a lot more to it. Um, and that's, yeah, I think that's the thing that people don't understand the most is that the camaraderie, the friendships and stuff that get built from it. It's like, Chris, you went to the first one last year out in Donner and yeah. I, I, I could instantly see just your eyes open up wide. Like, wow, you've been to other events before, but it, that, that spark yeah, it, really, it, really lit up. For like you. A, it's like a family reunion almost, even though you don't know the other people. And, and, uh, I mean, so, you know, to be clear to everybody, you know, again, uh, you know, health, health conditions aside and assuming we're going to have this COVID thing kicked by next summer, um, people should go ahead and put Axial Fest 2021 down on their calendars, right. And start making vacation plans. And, oh yeah, absolutely. Um, we have, uh, uh, I mean, there's a lot of events though, that are pretty material for us, even beyond the signature events. I mean, We've had to push out RC Fest. Our current plan is what October? Am I right? Yep. Yep. October second, third. We'll wait and see, right? We have to wait until it's a little closer. But we're going to hold the plan until we just can't do it or can do it, right? Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. So we've got that. Uh, what What else did we have earlier this year that got canceled this year that you know will be back next year? I'm trying to remember because remember things fell apart. But kind of how far we were into your event schedule? Yeah. <laughs> Um, yeah, basically everything March, April, May. Um, once basically once we went to Motorama, after that everything kind of started to fall yeah. apart. We had Sun and Fun on the list uh, down in Florida. It's always a good one. Like Steve mentioned, Joe Nall. There's so many uh, smaller air events that were in there as well. Um, a couple of four wheel jamborees that either got canceled or pushed out. Um, it's so That's many. Right. Axial Fest, Axial, uh, uh, 
signed on to be the RC sponsor for the Jeep Jamboree series, right? And that was yes. that was one of our big activation events this summer too. So um, we may be able to do a few of those with the Jeep Jamboree folks uh, again, as as uh, ordinances allow. But you know, I think our plan is to come out pretty big next year for that as well, right? Yeah, absolutely. They had to cancel a few. Um, they were able to get a few, and they actually did one at Badlands. Um, they had to change the structure a little bit to where it was more um, social distancing and what at the time um, there was still more strict guidelines in place. And so kind of the gatherings and get togethers and, you know, the vendor areas were just a little more spread out. It, it wasn't quite the same feel they usually have, but um, they were still able to pull some off and, and they have a few more planned out for the rest of the year where they've taken away some of the, the parts of it, but it's still, it's, it's all about the wheeling for the Jeep guys and, and they're still able to do that. So it's, it's yeah, good for them. Yeah. We certainly saw that even at Badlands. I mean, in the campgrounds you had, you know, TJs and, and JKs, JLs, you know, all different types of Jeeps and, you know, old Broncos and stuff. And then you, you know, a lot of people like the Punisher guy at Badlands who had a, a full scale <laughs> uh, Wrangler and then had his exact, uh, duplication of that on an SCX 10 uh, platform all the way down to the dent on the A pillar. I love the level of detail. <laughs> we have. That was amazing. I mean, it just shows the passion these people have in the crossover. Like you said, at Badlands, it was cool to see people on the other side of our barrier driving the full scale version of what we were driving on our side of the barrier. It was really cool and made a lot of great memories like you touched on. I mean, one of the things that really touches me, you know, and I think back and I'll always remember about this first Badlands and Steve, you were there too, of course, um, during the awards ceremony. So Saturday night, everybody's had three fun days. They're all hot and sweaty and we, we kind of sit down and we, we have an awards ceremony and it's, it's fun. It's definitely more about fun than competition. Um, you mentioned when you were up there, that you know you put in all this effort and we've talked about how much effort you put into it it's just it's amazing not just because it's your job but for the smiles that it puts on everyone's faces and i remember you just asked if everybody had a good time can you just talk about that a little bit because i mean to me I, it, it gives me goosebumps just talking about it right now i mean i'm just like i said something i'll never forget just like i'll never forget donner last summer where we had a similar <laughs> event but just talk about what that means to you because you said it's not just your job you know, you're doing it for more than that. You just tell us about it. It's kind of hard to describe, but it's it's so much work and so much effort goes into it. And the, the team, you know, countless hours that go into it. And, you know, for me, this is this is my job. This is what, you know, gives me a paycheck. But there's so many other things I could be doing out there. But to go to an event and to see everything that, has been pulled together and planned and scheduled and go off whether it's exactly perfect or not. Nobody else knows, but as long as everybody is there having a good time and then seeing people come out of the woods, just like smiling or laughing or even like completely drained and wiped out. But they're saying, Oh my God, that was so much fun. That trail was awesome. Look how dirty I am or look how sweaty I am. You remember that climb at gate 14, on trail E that was like super difficult and they're just talking about it. And it's like, we are providing that experience for them that they might not be able to get anywhere else. And we're bringing them together. And it's just, it's so rewarding for me to see that all the blood, sweat and tears that went into this thing is actually providing some fun, some entertainment, some, a, a getaway from 
everyday life from their jobs, from their whatever might be going on in their life. They're out there with their tiny trucks, just focusing on that. That's all they're worried about, having a good time. And then to see everybody, you know, say they had a great time, they loved it. Even if there are issues here and there, it's still all that work and all that effort went into providing a special time for father and son or family or brothers or whatever it might be to, to get out there and have, have a great time and, and just to kind of get away for a little while. Yeah, no, it's, it's a special feeling. Uh, I know you get, get that rush of endorphins or whatever, whatever it is called. It's a, it's a fun and, and really uh, a fulfilling feeling when you, when you see all those smiling faces and realize all that hard work, all those nights, all those, all that stress was worth it in the end because these, you know, however many people had a great time and that's, that's what it's all Absolutely. about. Um, one of the things I, you know, I, I noticed, you know, at the events you, uh, you're always running around, whether it's running around on the side by side or checking in on the team or providing you know waters or whatever. I mean, you, you really never stop moving. Uh, I know you mentioned about falling asleep earlier, but I'm sure you took a, a, a pretty heavy nap when you got home. Not, not, <laughs> but not, uh, not, too, not too bad. But it's like I was I was thinking <laughs> about this. It's like I was averaging I think four and a half hours of sleep every night that we were there. Yeah. And it's, I want to get up that next morning and make sure everything is in place so that all the attendees can go and do the events and everything that they need to want to and have a great time. And so my lack of sleep for a few days is no big deal whatsoever, just as long as everybody has a good time. Yeah, I, th- I think the the night after the or the evening or whatever you want to call it, the hours after the night crawl, we got back as a group because a lot of the staff went out there and enjoyed the night crawl. And we, we got back to the lodge and everyone's pretty tired. You're like, all right, everybody, gather around. We got to start making these these awards. And I was like, wait, what? We're not going to bed yet? Nope. <laughs> so, yeah, it was like uh, it was a never ending, but it was awesome. You know, everyone gathered around the little bar area we had in the lodge and was stickering up uh, awards and making sure those awards were ready for the ceremony the next night. And everyone chipped in whatever they whatever last energy they had left over and uh, and then went to bed. And we, oh, gosh. People didn't get to bed till one or one or so in the morning, I think, in some mm-hmm. cases. So, uh, all that hard work is is appreciated, and it's it's cool to to hear the story of what it takes. So, if you're out there and you went to Axial Fest Badlands and you had a good time, definitely give your thanks out to Andy. <laughs> so, Andy, what uh, what's next on your plate, man? Do do you get to take a little bit of a break from events, or what what do you got going on? I now? wouldn't call it a break. Like I said, we're still unloading from the Badlands, <laughs> kind of getting things put away and and set aside and and it's it's basically kind of wait and see um what's still going to happen the rest of the year if anything's going to get pushed out anymore and so it's planning up to a certain point where if things are going to go we can still pull the trigger and go but not going too far into things where it's too hard to back out or is a waste of, of resources or energy and then of course next year right now we've already started talking about axio fest badlands next year um, RC Fest for next year, and then um, you know all the all the different signature events. We're already talking about what it's going, what we're going to do next year to kind of top what we have. And it's kind of hard to say that things are going to be back to normal. What's the new normal? So I would like to say there is a little break in there, but there's so many unknowns at this point that it's hard to hard to say. Yeah, this is the plan, or this is what it's going to be. So what do you yeah, think? Yeah, little, little of- break, but oh, go ahead. Yeah, well, what do you think some of the changes may be, Andy? I mean, you know, obviously 
assuming, you know, they're going to figure this out at some point, we'll have a vaccine for it. But I mean, as you look about events in the future, you know, do you think things are going to change? Are, they, are there going to be any differences you, that you think may carry on or anything that's going to come out of this that may kind of be a, yeah, this is the way we do it now? Or do you think things will kind of largely go back to how they've been in the past? Any thoughts on that? Well, I think things will change. It all just kind of depends on on how things go with the vaccine and, and everything else. I'm sure there will be more um, hand sanitization stations and hand washing stations, no matter what, just in general um, out there. And as far as like numbers of people gathering, or it might even be something like samples or you know, touching display, there might be some different rules and stuff based on that, just, just from a perspective of safety and cleanliness and everything. But it's, it's hard to tell right now. I'm just kind of listening to podcasts and other things, you know, a few months back, it's like things are going to change significantly um, and things have. And so it's just kind of hard to see ahead to where really things are going to be and, and how events will change. And, you know, a lot of, a lot of events this year changed to, completely virtual events, which for some that's really easy to do, but for a lot of them, a lot of them it's, it's not. Um, and so they're going to have to try that, find that happy medium or adapt to the do normal to have an uh, effective presence at, at an event. So it, it's going to be difficult for sure, but it's just figuring out how to adhere to whatever guidelines or rules are there at the time and, and make the best of the experience. Yeah, I think I think a lot of a lot of the changes that we'll see are just people being more more cautious by themselves, right? Not expecting an event to do a certain thing, but to take the precautions that they need or they feel they need to take uh, to keep themselves safe. And whether that's wearing their own mask to the event or bringing their own hand sanitizer or uh, or or going to the event virtually, you know, that's something we we talked about and we're trying we're executing on with uh, with Air Meet Live is, you know, hey, we want to put on this event. We know people can't go, but let's make it virtual. And who knows in the future, we may have the actual event plus a virtual Air Meet. Uh, and, I, and I think some some events will probably do the same where you can't make it or you don't want to make it, but you still want to be a part of the experience. Well, we, we live in a world where you can be anywhere in the world with a camera and a microphone or, or you know, a social media or YouTube. Uh, so that, that's an exciting feat, you know, factor there where we we may see people just, just hanging out at Axial Fest online and watching the live stream. Uh, certainly not as uh, not as exciting as driving your crawler, but sitting on the couch and experiencing it, even though you can't be there, is probably something uh, we'll see with many events in the future as well. Yeah, you know, Steve, I think you're touching on something. I'm going to kind of hijack a question I know you were going to ask Andy, but I kind of want to ask you and Andy together. Um, I'm really excited about this concept you guys are working on for Air Meet Live. And the idea, like you said, is to kind of live stream the event for people who can't be at the physical event. And, you know, there are a lot of things I know, um, you know, that I'd love to be at, but you just can't get to everything. And to be able to just get a taste, like Andy, you said earlier, you know, it's hard to explain what Axial Fest is. And it seems like this idea of like this kind of, you know, streaming of the actual event um, could be pretty exciting and a great way to take our, our digital marketing and digital engagement even further. So I'm, I'm excited to see, you know, if that trend will, will, you know, will really last in the field of marketing or how that, how that'll work going forward. But I personally think it's really cool. I got an invitation to a virtual boat show the other day, a full scale <laughs> boat show. I was like, 
well, this is kind of weird. You know, usually you're kind of used to be able to like, you know, look at it and see how big it is and sit in the seat and all that kind of stuff. But it, it was pretty cool, really. Um, and again, like Andy said, you just have to adapt right now. Yeah, I, you know, I, I think the the trends that I, I mean, I, that I personally see and is really the, yeah, people people would rather get the information on their own time in a lot of cases, uh, and that's hard for certain folks if they're working or just can't get to an event. I mean, heck, even now that I have a dog, I'm like, man, it's gonna be a lot harder to get places. I have to deal with that. So you know, I don't even have a family with kids. So I, I don't know how you guys do it, but you know, I, I think it's that type of thing is really gonna expand. Uh, you know, expand the audience. Well, that audience may not be at the event. That's really going to grow an event. And, you know, Air Meets is, Air Meet is a great example. And I, and I have a feeling it's going to go very well, but, you know, we'll see if, if people uh, are excited over it. And I think so. And it's not only going to bring in more RC people, it's probably going to bring in more just general non-hobbyists going, what the heck is this? This is really cool. You know, how do I get involved? And that to me is exciting more than anything is the you know, yeah, certain events get, you know, Joan all is 1200 pilots. Well, what about 1200 pilots plus 4,000 people watching live? That's huge. Yeah, uh, so that, that's, a, that's exciting stuff. Yeah, I really appreciate how you guys, and especially during this period where we can't travel, you know, kudos to all of you guys on the marketing team with your, you know, the, the air hangout, the real flight live, the TLR hangouts, you know, the just interacting kind of, and again, it's, it's not technically field marketing, but it's, you know, it's still engaging our customers the best we can and adapting. And I love how you guys have been able to blend the two. So, you know, it's, it's really awesome. Kudos to you guys and the whole, you know, marketing team. Um, so, Andy, I have to ask you a question. Enough about enough about everybody else. Let's get back to you, right? Um, <laughs> well, I want to, you know, you, you and, I, and you and I have been to it. And Steve, we've all been to a lot of events together. We've, we're, we're really blessed and fortunate, I think, to do some pretty cool stuff. I happen to see you doing some pretty cool stuff this morning that we can't talk about today on the podcast. But uh, we have a pretty special guest here this morning, but we'll save that for a future podcast. Um, <laughs> you know, you, you've done a lot of cool travel. I and mean, what's your favorite travel you've ever done for the company where's the coolest place you've ever been or you know something that sticks out in your mind oh that's a tough question that's a tough question um there's been i've had a lot of great opportunities to travel um all over and meet lots of great people and experience a lot of different things that i never have been able to but kind of two stick out in my mind and, and steve and i went on these trips together and the first one was uh to uh to germany um for the toy fair and very first time I'd ever been out of the country. And it was quite the experience that's that, uh, Steve and I, one of our fellow coworkers, um, made our way halfway around the world, um, there on our own <laughs> and, uh, had some, had some pretty cool experiences and to be able to, uh, to see what, what Nuremberg was all about and, and everything there was, was very cool. Um, to kind of see how, all the different businesses kind of worked together and how it all kind of came together and one big, one big global you know, toy community under, I don't know how many millions of square feet of, of show floor space they have there. And uh, yeah, that event for, for those that don't know, just real quick that that event uh, alone is, is mind boggling. If you've never been <laughs> uh, there's halls and halls and halls. you've been to a big car show, this is nothing in comparison to that. <laughs> this is, you know, the probably one of the world's largest uh, facilities for an indoor show. 
And whether you're into stuffed animals or RC or anything in between, it's at the Nuremberg Toy Fair. Uh, so I think we put on a few miles that week on foot. But yeah, that was a good time, Andy, for sure. Yeah, I remember that. that was when I first, that was like weeks after I just started with the company. So <laughs> cool stuff. And then the, and I think oh. I know what say on the next one, but I'll let you go into the next one that you mentioned. <laughs> so, so the next one is when uh, we had the opportunity to go to Colombia with uh, Juan Pablo Montoya for his charity karting race that uh, benefited his uh, um, charity. Formula Smiles. Yeah, yeah Formula for Smiles. And uh, we were going down there um, as kind of liaisons and ambassadors to uh, help promote our products in, in Colombia, as well as you know, capture the event, sponsor the event. And we got to meet a lot of, a lot of cool people like Travis Pastrana and, you know, many, many other uh, racing celebrities out there, but having the opportunity to go there and, and see the country and to experience the people and um, you know, be able to hang out with Steve and, and a couple other to showcase our product. Um, it was amazing when uh, James Haley fired up his helicopter and there was a crowd of people standing around and they had never seen anything remotely like that before. They were in complete shock and awe. Um, it was just one, one of the things that, that stood out in my mind and, and, uh, for those that don't know me or have ever seen me, I'm, I'm like six, eight. Uh, I won't tell me how much I weigh, but a lot. And, but in, in Colombia, most people are a lot smaller statue. Um, so <laughs> everywhere we went, I was towering over people and everybody wanted to take pictures with me for some reason. <laughs> and so it was, I think it was, yeah, it was you were, a, they probably thought you were a basketball player or something. I mean, like we're, we're hanging out, we're hanging out with Juan at the mall when he's doing an autograph signing and everybody wants to take a picture with me too. At the same time, so it's like, I'm trying not to detract from what he's doing. So I'm going to go sit in the corner. And, but uh, it was, a, it was an amazing experience. Got to meet a lot of great people and, uh, you know, expose them to the, to the yeah. hobby and, and did, uh, did a lot of cool stuff and helped raise a lot of money for, uh, for his charity for sure. Definitely. Well, yeah, that I think uh, I think I would say two different. Well, I'd say definitely Bogota was one of my my favorites. Um, I think uh, that one definitely stood out in my mind. And for me, uh, the second one, if I had to pick, would, would be Air Meet, of course. But uh, that's always a great time. And uh, but no, the <laughs> we do get to we are blessed with the ability to be able to get to many different parts of the world for Horizon, meet with a ton of different people, and really share what it is to be an RC fanatic. And uh, Definitely, uh, definitely know you've had your fair share of travel over the years, whether it's towing a trailer from here to Pennsylvania or <laughs> jumping on a plane. So good job on that. And, and thanks for all the hard work you put into it, because I know it is, uh, it is an insane amount of hours. One uh, one question I had for you, which a little bit getting back to our signature events, but mainly is more of a, a piece of advice. So if, if somebody's getting into the hobby or someone is coming to one of our events, uh, or really any event that Horizon attends, what's what is some of the best advice you can give to someone attending an event for the first time? Is it wear sunscreen or is it <laughs> be open minded? I would I would say <laughs> you think? first of all, just come just come to the event and with with an open mind um, and just experience it for what it is. And number two, don't be intimidated. Um, don't be afraid to ask questions. You know, you might be a beginning pilot or something and you crashed a couple planes or you're just not good at, at driving or whatever it might be. But if you come to the event and, you know, don't worry about what skill level you're at, 
and interact with the people there. Talk to Horizon employees, talk to team pilots, talk to our team drivers. Ask for help. They're more than willing to step up and, and help you. That's you know, We want to get more people into the hobby and we want people to have success in the hobby. And so part of what we do at these events is try to get more people into the hobby. And if you, know, if you feel intimidated or whatever, don't. Try not to. Come have a conversation with one of us and we'll do our best to, to help you out to you know, advance you along into the hobby. And if, you know, hydration is always on my list. Hydration, hydration, hydration. Drink water. A lot, plenty of water. Not just the day of, but the night before. Because no matter where you're at, if it's warm outside or whatever, it's you got to have plenty of water in your system to keep you going. That's how you can stay in a bit longer if you're well hydrated and feeling good. So that, those would be my kind of top three pieces of advice for somebody. Cool. No, I think I think those are great. Definitely good advice for someone as uh, someone as with as much experience that you have with events. I would definitely take that advice. Uh, well, so good, <laughs> good stuff. Yeah, and Andy, Andy well, has a cool water cooler too. So I guess if you want to stay hydrated, you can also stay hydrated in style if you want to be like Andy because uh, <laughs> he's got like the it looks real legit. Like you know, like he, he belongs out at an off road park with this like you know fancy metal, you know, uh, you know water bottle that looks like it's been beat around in a UTV for a while. So. That thing is that thing has traveled the globe. <laughs> it goes everywhere with me. <laughs> well, Andy, I gotta ask. So Steve and I like to ask everybody as we get towards the end of our, our interview and discussion here with you, we always like to give you a minute or two to chat about anything that's important to you. Um, you know, you, we just we call it the open mic. So you've got the open mic, and is just is there anything you'd like to say to anybody that might be listening to this podcast? Um to get to know Andy a little better, anything you'd like. So we hand the mic over to you and uh, you share with you whatever words of wisdom you have, please. Well, that's uh, that kind of put me on the spot there, but I could, I could rap. I could tell some jokes, but no, in all seriousness, it's, I won't do it. You need a beat. Uh, I'm sure Steve can for you, so. <laughs> no, no, just in, in all seriousness, I guess with, with, the way things are in the world right now and kind of, I, I alluded to this before of why I like to do what I do is just find something that you're passionate in and go for it, do it. Uh, whether it's RC, whether it's surfing, whether it's needlepoint, who knows whatever it might be, find something that you love to do and do it and enjoy it. And, you know, with events like Axial Fest, people took the time and schedule the vacations around to come out, hang out, and play with tiny trucks. These are these are grown-ups and kids alike going out and playing with tiny trucks in the woods. And don't be don't be embarrassed, don't be ashamed. It's like it's it's what you, it's what you want to do, and you get enjoyment out of it. And you know, with so much stuff going on in the world, just be be kind to each other, be nice to each other, find something that you enjoy to do that makes you happy, and. Uh, you know, try to take care of each other, take care of yourselves and come to a signature event and see what it's all about. We'd love to get more and more people into the hobby um, to experience what it's all about. It's more than just buying an RC vehicle, charging the battery, driving it. It's the experience of having to fix it, having to tweak it, getting that desire to then want to upgrade it, make it go faster, make it look better. Um, it's just like the full scale world. And so there's so much you can, you can do in RC and, and so many people enjoy it and it becomes their hobby, their pastime, their passion. And yeah, that's, 
that's basically all I've got. Just just be kind to each other, be good, be happy, and find something that you love to do and do it. Yeah, and I, I agree with that statement, Andy. You know, find something you love doing, you'll never work a day in your life. And uh, that's uh, I hope most of us at Horizon feel the same way. And you know, we get to play with toys all day. Not not really. <laughs> Sounds like we do. But uh, you know, it's uh, it's definitely for the for the love of playing with toys. Whether you're <laughs> setting up for an event or working on a spreadsheet or presenting somewhere, it's it's all for the love of the hobby. So I think that's a uh, that's a good topic to to end on there. Yeah, so yeah great advice. I mean, I th- I do believe if you had freestyled it, it might have been even better. But I I still think you <laughs> pretty good there, Andy. So um, well, Andy, I, you know, on behalf of everybody at Horizon, the entire Horizon team, and especially Steve and myself, who have been fortunate enough to work alongside you uh, at many events and in many different great locations around around the world, and most recently here at Axial Fest Badlands. Um, thank you. Uh, thanks for coming on the show today. More importantly, um, we're excited to have you continue uh, to represent Horizon as an employee um, you're always looking for ways to engage with the community, to get more people into the hobby, as you said yourself. Um, you know, thanks for being part of the Horizon team for 14 awesome years. We look forward to, you know, going forward. Um, you know, have a great weekend. Get some rest. Um, I'm sure you can probably still get caught up a little bit more. Um, and, you know, like I said, I saw you working on a secret project this morning. Maybe we'll have to have you come back here in a in a couple of weeks, because I think we've got some pretty exciting stuff to talk about based on what I could see going on out my window this morning. Um, but uh, thanks for all you do for Horizon and the RC community. Uh, we appreciate it. Talk soon, buddy. Uh, hey, thank you guys. Thanks for having me on. Everybody listening out there, thank you for uh, listening to this podcast. And we hope to see you at a signature event in the future. Awesome. Thanks so much, Andy. Have a good one, buddy. All right, ladies and gentlemen, this episode is over. That's uh, episode number 11 in the books. Thank you so much for tuning in to this week's uh, show for the On the Horizon RC podcast. For any additional information on the things that we discussed in today's podcast, please head on over to the all-new horizonhobby.com. We've completely changed it. It is now really mobile-friendly, so make sure to check that out. And uh, please subscribe to us on any uh, podcasting platform that you listen to. And if you were not on a platform that you listen to frequently, please let us know in the comment section on Podbean or send us a note to our social media pages at the Horizon Hobby Facebook page. Guys, on August 15th, I talked about it in the intro, but on August 15th, we are doing a industry first air meet live broadcasted event. This is a globally broadcasted RC air show, a full day of RC from the morning all the way until the evening hours in Germany. We'll be starting here at 6 a.m. Central, going all day. Ali, myself, will be commentating from the U.S., and all of the broadcast that you'll see is live from Donnerworth, Germany. This has taken a huge amount of resources and effort from both of the teams here in the in the U.S. and, of course, the team in Europe. So, guys, please tune in August 15th. Tell your friends. Set a reminder on YouTube. Remind yourself in your calendar on your phone and send your friends a text message. You're not going to want to miss Air Meet Live. 2020. Thanks so much for tuning in, guys. We'll see you in two weeks with probably a little special air meet episode. So uh, again, appreciate it. Stay safe out there, guys, and we'll see you on the next one.